Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast this week. We are officially in December. Who is feeling stressed about this? Are you beating yourself up for not meeting your goals? Are you celebrating that you did meet your goals? Are you even allowing yourself the option to know that you can celebrate the things you didn't achieve? Because that can be a hard one. I was literally thinking about this this morning on the treadmill, which I'll I'll tell you in a minute. But first, I want to introduce you to our special guest today, my friend. And what do we say? Like, um, peer uh, master coach, uh, Jessica Killingly is a genius. She is from the UK, lives just outside of London. So get ready for another accent, you guys, because you know how I love my friends with accents. I swear, I just need to bring all of them on the podcast so we can listen to them. Jessica, say hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I will try and sound kind of as British as possible. That would be favorable, yes. Without doing lots and lots of cussing. (laughs) Yes, please. Let's make this a no language zone because we have lots of kids that listen to the podcast. So a lot of people that are listening in their car while they're running carpool and all of that. Most of us are moms. Some of us are dads. I'm not a dad, but we do have dads here that listen. So uh, it's, I love the community that we have here and I'm so excited to introduce you to our, our gang, our people here. So we're so glad to have you. Very, very delighted to be here. It's so cool. It always blows my mind. I'm sitting here in London. It's dark outside. Um, it's it's cold and miserable. And, you know, the idea that I'm talking to you in, in this lovely American landscape that you're in, the same, it just, I like time zones mess with my head, but it's very yes, exciting. It's, it's 10 a.m. here in Utah this morning. And we're, I'm getting so good at memorizing what time it is in other countries. Like I can tell you that it's, I think it's what, like midnight in Dubai and it's five-ish PM in London, right? You know, day one of entrepreneurship, they should tell you, you need to learn time zones because- There needs to be a class. Exactly. They didn't, they they didn't, we didn't get, I didn't get the manual. There wasn't a, there isn't a manual. There's no manual. That's why, that's why we love being entrepreneurs because we hate the manual. Well, but that's where I come in because obviously, as we will talk about, I help people write books. So quite often I am helping people write a manual. Yes. I don't think anyone's covered time zones in a business book, but that's, I'm going to make sure that the next Well, let's find someone for you to work with that does that. Someone, whoever's listening on the podcast who wants to write a book about time zones, Jessica is your girl. (laughs) <laughs> she's far book about time zones. That might stretch my might stretch my knowledge. Yeah, let's let well, she will make it way more interesting than that. Let's just get I, I want them to get to know you a little bit, Jessica, because obviously I've had the amazing opportunity to get to know you. You know the deepest, darkest secrets of my life since you've coached me many times throughout Master Coach training. Uh Jessica is a literary agent and master coach through the life coach school. And 
While we certified together, not only do you have to do, it's called Slack coaching, you guys. If you don't know what Slack is, it's an app. It's sort of like WhatsApp where you just talk back and forth, except it's for work. So you're in there with a group and it's sort of like Facebook, but better. Anyway, we have to do this Slack coaching. We had to do it for six months straight. They never even gave us a break, not even over Thanksgiving, which I was real irritated about. But um, they, I'm sure it didn't matter to you, Jessica, but like... I'm assuming you don't celebrate Thanksgiving over in the UK. Where is everybody? I was really like, Thursday afternoon rolled around. Normally like the afternoon, I'm like, oh good. All my US friends are coming online. Who can I talk to? That Thursday, I was like, man, I'm bored. Where is everyone? Where is everybody? Oh. So, we're yeah. we're eating turkey and watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, yeah, I would assume that it's not a celebrated holiday in the UK where we all left you and came over and we were like, we're angry at you. We're making our new country. So yeah, probably not a celebrated holiday no, there. We just we just embrace your culture of uh, cheap online shopping. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, so Jessica, you haven't always been a literary agent. Tell us your background. Tell us who you are and everybody listen up because this woman is incredible. <laughs> no pressure. So no, I have spent my entire career working in the publishing industry. Um, so for a lot of really, really big publishing houses um, and you know, working on all sorts of books, household names that I guarantee that you will have on your shelf right now. Um, and then I, in 2016, when my son was just about to start school, it's this like the like when when the, when they go to like kind of nursery. I don't know what it's like in the U, in the US, but in the UK, he went to nursery, and he would be there from like kind of eight in the morning till five in the afternoon, and so you can do a full working day. And then they go to school, and it's like they're in school for about fifteen minutes a day, <laughs> literally. Like, well, I don't know how this. I don't know how anyone gets an education, but it was crazy. And so you know, two working parents. We live on the outskirts of London. We both worked in central London. It was like suddenly realizing that to make our life work was going to be this very careful balancing act of you have to be here then and you have to be here then. And my husband's a doctor as well. So he, you know, he gets like this sort of free pass of like, oh, I can't pick up the kid because I'm a doctor and I've got my hands stuck in somebody or something. Um, he's got my hands um, literally operating on like someone. Yeah. I mean, he's not that kind of a doctor, but you know, anyway, he, but it was that thing of just like, okay, so this is going to suck. Like how well, this is, this is crazy. So that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe this is time for me. And I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Um, I was a board level marketing director. Maybe this is time for me to start thinking about what else I could do. I never in a million years thought that the what else I could do would be any form of entrepreneurship. I was like, oh, you know, if I could just make 20 grand a year doing a bit of freelancing, then that would be okay. And that was all I was going to do. Um, and that's that also sucks because I realized then that you're just waiting for people to phone you. And that's that's not that was an immediately no, I'm not doing that. Um, and so I because I've always come from a coach, I've always been interested in coaching, come from a coaching background. I found a coach to work with, um, a business coach to work with. And she, aside from the coaching that we were doing, wanted to write a book. And so I was like, oh, OK, well, listen, I can obviously help you with that. Um, you know, most, most people go down the self-publishing route, but I kind of knew that where, you know, where she was, what her profile was like and what her ambitions were that maybe like, actually I could really help her and we could, you know, she could get a traditional book deal. And so I kind of said, oh, well, look, I'll send it to a few contacts for you. Um, and then I was like, what, so what, like I'm, I'm her agent now. 
is that is that what I am? And like massive imposter syndrome over that, like huge imposter syndrome over like, who am I to be emailing these editors that I've worked with for 20 years saying, do you want to look at this author? Do you want to maybe buy this okay, book? I literally have to stop you right now because you guys have to understand what a huge deal Jessica is. Like she's going to be really modest. I can already tell we're going down the modesty, modesty road here. She literally, her like gift, her unique skill is to help you take whatever is in your head, create a book that people actually want to buy and then makes it a bestseller on Amazon or wherever it you it's supposed to do its thing. She knows how to do that, not me. And then turns it into a funnel for your business so that it brings new clients by just selling a book. It's oh, yeah, but that's freaking easy. genius. Oh yeah, that part's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, funny story because so so the literary agency was born and I and I and I went to a couple of friends of mine and, and one of them said yes and the other one said no, but then we got him drunk and said, Well, we've put you on the website. <laughs> um so so we started so I was like, oh I, I seem to I seem to have like I'm doing some coaching and and I've now started a second business. So having gone from like I have no clue what entrepreneurship is. I'm, then I was like, oh, apparently I'm now a serial entrepreneur because I have two businesses. Yes, I am and also a serial. I'm like, it feels like a good day to start a new business. Let's wow. go. Like, you Why know, but, You know, hello, now I know ADHD brain. That's where that comes yes. from. Yes, oh, for those of you listening, Jessica also has ADHD. So all we have many listeners who are so encouraged by the fact that I have ADHD and they're going to be so happy to know that you are another successful person with ADHD. We well, rule the world. Did you not know? But so this is interesting because I only just found out. Like it's right. very, very new to me. So everything I've done without even knowing. So now I'm like, oh, look, I can untie the hand that was behind my back and, and do it differently. Yes. Um, so notice she became very successful without knowing you guys. So if you are someone who has ADHD and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to make it. Yes, you are. You literally have the brain that can do more than most people's brains because it's constantly going. It's perfect for entrepreneurs. Well, that's the thing is I suddenly realized how many people I know around me, because when you move in those circles, that is like, that's what we gravitate to. Yeah. Um, but the 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 sort of the coaching side of the business, the book funnel side, you know, like helping, I that that kind of evolved over time um, because obviously, you know, I think as you go on this journey and you start to get kind of more confident, and you actually, I remember really clearly, sort of maybe in like year two or three of my business, having this having this genuine intentional thought of just like, oh, actually, maybe I am actually good. Maybe I do actually know what I'm doing. And that's and that's like after 25 years of like me not really thinking that I could call myself an expert. Like that's that's, that's kind because of like- you spent 25 years working in publishing before you became a literary agent. Yeah. So, but I didn't because I and, and that was apparently in my brain, that was not enough time for me to consider myself an expert. Which is so fascinating to me that we do this to ourselves. We don't give ourselves permission to see how we are experts in so many things in our life, but we, because we don't have maybe a degree or because we didn't have some sort of award or certification or whatever, we don't see it in ourselves. Oh, completely. And it is, 
you know, it is that that like our brain's going to brain. I mean, that that absolutely is that thing. And, and actually, it's interesting because when I um, talk to people about writing books and I tend to write the, the, the books that I tend to work on are in the kind of, you know, uh, business, personal development, self-help kind of area. Um, and they tend to be for people who have who've got a business. But a lot of people are like, oh, but, you know, who am I to write a book? And that thing of like, who am I to show up and help people? And it might not even be helping people through writing a book. It could just be, you know, sharing what you know. That that feeling of imposter syndrome, just like I had in the early days, who am I to email, you know, this author about this mm -hmm. author? Um, that that thing of like, we just need to be a few steps ahead of the person that we're helping. And they they don't need you to have it all figured out. They, they, they want to learn from somebody that's kind of still in the trenches with them. I mean, it's like, it's great to have that kind of big aspirational, I've made it, I've done it, I'm amazing thing to look at. But sometimes that can feel too sort of unapproachable. Um, and I you think are, that, you yeah. are literally speaking such incredible words right now because the majority of our listeners are network marketers, social sellers, and it's a wide known fact that I am a huge believer in cold messaging, reaching out. Hey, I have this thing for you that could help. And a lot of times what people will say is, who am I to reach out? Like, I don't know all the things about these products that I'm trying to sell. I don't know about this particular thing. I don't have a you know, huge business in this company yet. How can I get someone to do the business with me? And exactly what you just said, is so applicable to all of that. You only have to be a couple steps ahead, which means maybe you're just doing it before them. Doesn't mean you have to have even two people doing it with you yet. You just decided before this person that you were going to do it. And taking that initiative to do it is so good. Mm. And, and equally... You know, the, the the similarity continues because, you know, when you think about people who, who might be writing a book or putting themselves out there in any kind of way. Yeah, like posting of, on social media. Exactly. That, that fear of rejection can be such a thing that like paralyzes us because we think I'm not going to be able to deal with how it's going to make me feel. Um, and, you know, it, one of the things that I always say is just like a no is just an invitation to knock on another door. And it's like when we take that. that no personally, then then of course we're going to kind of crumple in on ourselves. But, you know, people are like, oh, but what if my book gets a bad review? It's like, well, I've got news for you. Your book is going to get a bad review. And it might get a bad review. I mean, like, honestly, go and look at your favorite book online. It will have trash reviews. And some of the trash reviews will be the box was that it came in was damaged. Right? So it's like, it's there's no, you know, no bearing in reality. Well, and you can even, you can apply that so much to like, like in my mind, my, obviously I always think in analogies, right? So my brain's like thinking about how the same exact thing happens with social media. They didn't like, you didn't like her picture. You didn't like the way she sold the product. You didn't like the copy that she used it, the wording, you know, of how she said the post. So you left a rude comment on her thing or somebody was like, oh, this is a scam, right? Like how many people have told me that what I do as a network marketer is a scam over the years? I mean, we could literally sit down for hours and I could have so many stories to share with you. It's just so common when you put yourself out there, like your clients do when they write a book and like my customers and clients and business builders do when they're building a business. You put yourself out there, people are going to criticize it. They're going to judge you. 
Absolutely. And you have to then make a decision. And, you know, we, we as coaches, we're always thinking about thinking intentionally, you know, thoughts intentionally um, of just deciding ahead of time that, that, that you're not going to make that mean anything about yourself. Um, and it's like not everything is for everyone. And it's a really interesting thing as well, actually, when you're on the other side of the table and you might be experiencing content or social media posts or art or books or whatever. And you're like, eh, I don't really like that. And it's like, move along. It's not, it wasn't created with you in mind then. Move along. You don't have to stop and tell the world, I don't like that. Like, nobody cares that you don't <laughs> like it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's not for you. Not everything is created for you. And so I think that when you kind of understand that, the, the push and pull of that as well, it helps to, when you put yourself out there and it's like, oh, well, if somebody doesn't like it, they can move along. They can unfollow. They don't have to listen to this podcast anymore. They don't have to engage with my social posts anymore. Because I love that idea because really, like, I remember when I very first started doing my email list, I was seeing how many people were unsubscribing. And I had a coach tell me, good. Oh, get them so out of great. the room. This is so much better. Get them out. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. This is something to celebrate. We are talking to the people that we want in the room and we want the people to leave that aren't there to hear the message we have to say. So two things about that. One, from a business coaching perspective, I would always say, don't ever have notifications of unsubscribes switched on. Because <laughs> like, you don't need that. That's like, it's like it's actually inviting somebody to come into your face and go, you're rubbish. Like, just, we don't need that. But, like, absolutely celebrate. Because also, like, I don't want to pay to have those people to my email client for the number of contacts that yes. I've got to send, to send messages to them. Um, so it's, it, like, absolutely, I'm always, and it, funnily enough, I very, very rarely get people, when they do unsubscribe, very rarely get people coming at me um, as to kind of like, oh, I, I, if I do, it's because, oh, you're too sweary. Um, uh, and it's, it's like, fine, okay. But it's like, dude, you signed up in the first place. Like there was, it's not like I'm hiding. Right. You, you are not. yourself on your website. You are yourself like, in your marketing. Exactly. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's, and, I, and this is something I talk, and it's, this is so, so relevant for kind of like how you're showing up on social because it's the same as how you, how I would encourage somebody to write a book is be you because there is no point sometimes people come to me and they want to write a book and they think that like they have to sort of it's like it's really grown up and polished and they have to sound a certain way and they have to be a little bit fancy and it's like not if that's how you don't talk because why but then when somebody gets to know you there's there's going to be that mismatch there's going to be that kind of you know cognitive dissonance of like hang on a minute I thought you were like this but actually I discover that you're like this be like the, the most efficient way of being an effective marketer is to just be more you and and th that unis of you is the thing that will repel some people and we have a big thumbs up to them you know off you go bless and release whatevs um whatevs <laughs> but it will but it will hugely attract other people mm -hmm. um and you know i i i found that and it and it you know that took a while when i first started I was doing my Facebook lives and nobody was watching. And that was the best thing that could have happened because like I was rubbish and you don't want anyone watching. But the idea of, and actually now I'll do an Instagram live and not very many people will watch. 
And I don't care because it's not in, I'm not doing it for the moment. I'm doing it because this is my shop window and that content will now live on and someone will come and find it on my timeline later. Yeah. But I will be, I will quite happily talk to an empty room in that, in that sense. Yeah. You do a webinar, nobody shows up. Doesn't matter. It's, it's still just that thing of just like show up and be you and don't make it mean anything. I mean, like if you're doing lots of webinars and no one's ever showing up, then maybe make it mean something about your marketing <laughs> maybe, strategy. Maybe just like be curious about, I wonder exactly. why that's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm a massive trash panda. Well, and this, okay, this is something that Jessica says when she's coaching me. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? Massive trash panda. That's what she said. Yeah. Is this like, like a Jessica thing or is this no, like a thing people say no, in London? This is an American thing. No, that's not an American thing to say. I've never heard anyone else say it but you. Trash panda. Trash panda no. is a raccoon. So that's the slang for a raccoon. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, it's from Guardians of the Galaxy, sister. So that's where I got it from, right? My kids would know. The, my kids yeah, would okay. know it then. Right. And everyone's like, uh, Emily, you're being so un-American right now. We all know right. what this is. So, so yeah, a trash panda is a raccoon. Okay. Got it. That makes okay. sense. I grew up in California. We had lots of raccoons. My dad used to have to bungee cord the garbage can lids because he right. would get so angry when they'd come and dump the exactly. garbages out. So they've yeah. got their big pandery eyes and they're all in Okay. Trash, trash panda. Got it. Okay. I believe you. It's an American thing. Got it. Okay. So Jessica, I love this idea of what we as entrepreneurs are constantly trying to craft within ourselves is this ability to not be afraid to be wrong or to not be afraid to put something out there that someone might not like. And what it takes for you to try something you've never done before can be scary, right? You're putting yourself out there. You're doing a Facebook live. You're doing an Instagram live. You're making a post. You're trying to sell something to someone and you find yourself struggling to stand out. How would you, in your wisdom and experience, tell people if they're trying to find their unique voice, what is the best way that they can find that voice so that they can tap into that you-ness of them that resonates with the people that need to hear what they're saying? I think the the best way to find your voice is to use your voice um and and just you know that, that you thing about, find it what if you're like I don't even know how to I'm just so scared just like literally talk I mean it's literally turn up and talk I think I think the crucial thing there is to ex to like not judge yourself for the fact that you are scared and to meet yourself where you are and to be like yes this is scary Pressing record on my Facebook Live is scary. And that's okay. It's okay that I'm scared. It's such um, a normal thing to be scared. Of course it is. It's like I think people think no one else is scared. I'm like, no, no, we're always scared. I'm always scared. I don't like doing those things either. And I think that, you know, the only way you can get less scared is by doing it more. And so we, you know, we do that thing of, um, we, we don't want to feel, we, we never get to the result that we want to achieve because that kind of, that, that sort of block is in the way and that paralysis stops us from ever getting anywhere. But you don't get good without doing it a million times really, really sucky. Like that's, that's, the, that's the thing. But, but also I think the other thing is, is that 
what what our our brains are telling us is our definition of something being bad in air quotes like is is completely made up mm -hmm. because you might show up on a facebook live and be like oh okay you know sorry i'm a bit of a mess and um i really just want to talk about you know my experience with the product whatever and i've got my dog in the background and like you know i always tell my new people the badder the better yes please don't look crafted and well thought out here i want vulnerable authentic little bit of a hot mess it's way exactly, more relatable exactly that. but you know it's it, the thing is is that you can't so the, one of the things i teach with with writing a book is that your first draft is going to be an absolute hot mess dumpster fire right it's supposed to be bad you have to let it be bad because then it gets when you let go of that need to make it good out the gate kind of free something in your brain to just let you you know let yourself go out and do it um because then you can make it good then you can start to you know and it might be that you I don't know like you might you may think oh but like watching it back and at least finding something that's what was the what are the three great things that I did and what's one thing that I might improve on or I do differently next time you know, actually recognizing I hit all of the beats that I wanted to, to get all of the important information across. But, you know, actually the, the dog was a nightmare or whatever. That's just my, that's my, that's always mine is the dog was a nightmare. Dog. Tell everybody what kind of a dog you have because okay. I, dog have lovers miniature, here. I have a miniature, uh, wiener dog, oh, it's as so you cute. would call it. Miniature and, Jack Bent yes. called Elvis and he's very naughty. Elvis, so naughty. So he's naughty. Also, Elvis, the man, was naughty as well. So it's well, very you know, like, we had to well, what else do you name a hound dog? Um, but like <laughs> he will pull my socks off when I'm on when I'm on Zoom and I'm doing coaching calls, he will pull my socks off under the table and, and so naughty. Cosette just comes in and curls up in my heat blanket and literally rolls her body until the entire heat blanket is pulled off of me and wrapped around her. So she gets the full warmth of it. She's like a kind of dog burrito. Yes. she And I'm like, how do you even know how to do that? She wraps herself up and it looks just like a burrito. And I'm like, how did you do this? How did you know? That's, that's it. That, that's millions of years of, of, of canine instinct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So, um, so one of the things that I had to do in college, I took this course as an undergrad at Chico State, when I went to school there, I went to school there first, and then I transferred to a, like a private Christian university and finished my degree there and became a teacher and all that. Uh, but at my first college, I had to take this um, communication 101 class. And in it, we had to, for the whole semester, record ourselves while we spoke on VHS tapes. And then we had to watch them back in our dorm room, which we all had TVs and VCRs back then. And I'm like... I don't feel like you, I'm that old. You're, not, you're surely not old enough to be. But I mean, I, I'm old enough for that to be a thing. But it you don't, sounds sure kind of old. It's because I am technically a millennial, but because I am literally like right on the cutoff of the oldest millennials, I also identify with a lot of like Gen X things in your generation because our generation split, like cracked down the middle. And so I am like, I can relate to both generations. But when I say things like watch a video of myself speaking in college on a VHS, I lose yeah. all she of lives. the millennials yeah. and they're like, exactly. she's not with yeah. us. 
And the Gen X's are like, she's too young to be with us. And I'm like, I am an orphan without a home. (laughs) But anyway, so we had to watch ourselves speak and then criticize ourselves as the assignment of, I said, um, this many times. I said, like this many times. I I used my hands too much, whatever it is. We had to be very critical of ourselves. And as we did that throughout, it was so painful. I was going to say, that sounds like a really dumb assignment. It was the most brilliant assignment. And I recommend it to anyone because it's why I'm such an incredible public speaker. It's why I can give a keynote without even preparing anything because I rarely say, um, I rarely say like, if I'm really nervous, I'll use my hands too much. That's why I love to hold a microphone because it just sort of centers me on stage, but I'm getting better at it. I always go back. This is a very small little thing that I do every day. I go back and I watch my stories on Instagram from start to finish every day. And I criti- I, I not criticize myself like, oh, we didn't do a good job of that. But I look at my stories and I think, okay, that, that didn't flow well together there. That, that wasn't a good angle. Like, People are like, your stories are so captivating to watch. I love watching you on Instagram. And it's because it's an art. Mm. I watch them back so that I can, people are like, oh gosh, you're so obsessed with yourself when I'll say that to some people. And I'm like, no, no, that's not why I'm watching them back. I'm watching them back because I want it to look like an actual story. And when I don't do it on days that I don't do it, there'll be like weeks where things just don't flow very well. And it's like random pictures and things that don't flow together. But when I watch it, that's how I get better at it. So I'm a huge believer in watching your Facebook live. Don't delete it. Don't ever delete it. Watch it back. Read your posts back and, and look for how could I tweak it next time and make it even better. It's great the way you put it out. Read it back, watch it back, and then how can you use that to improve yourself in the future? It's so powerful. Yes. I mean, I would absolutely, I mean, I would say, I would really, really focus on first is what were all the things that I did that were good. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like I I would consider myself to be a good competent speaker and I am the opposite end of that spectrum because I'm umming and liking and I'm literally, I'm like Kermit the Frog. I mean, that <laughs> literally is my spirit animal. <laughs> in terms of waving my arms around and just being kind of, you know, a bit random. Um, and that for me comes from the fact that I have confidence that I know what I'm talking about. And so it's like, I will do, I will do lives in my car in my PE kit with no makeup on because I'm like, I don't suddenly know more about books just because I'm wearing mascara. Although I, you know, equally I do, you know, I do scrub up sometimes, but it, it's, it's, um, I think what what the the kind of key to that is the kind of passion that you have for what you're talking about, and you know that goes a long way in the early days when you're not like feeling that you're polished enough yet. That's the thing that gets you to the point where I'm like, okay, right now I feel confident. So where can I kind of clean things up? How can I? And that, and that's like exactly like the process of writing the book. It's like, okay, we've done the first draft. It's a hot mess. Where am I? And each each round of revises that you do, you know, you're going to write several drafts, is going to be focusing on a different aspect of it to be like, okay, so this time I'm going to look at like where am I maybe using ums and likes, and it's like cleaning up the the kind of language patterns. This time I'm going to be like, do I, you know, is, is my lighting good? Do I, you know, do I look? Am I presenting the brand in the right way? So it's like you can learn to sort of focus on different aspects of it. But I think of that thing of always 
starting from that place of what is the kindest you can be to yourself? Because you're never ever, you're not going to hate yourself to improving. Yeah. People get so confused about this concept. They think if they beat themselves up to success, they'll get there faster. But instead, what typically happens is then they need to stop and comfort themselves. And usually they quit along the way or they buffer until the cows come home. And then they're not as effective and efficient as they could be because they're over here trying to avoid this negative emotion that they created in themselves by telling themselves they're a piece of crap and that they are doing it all wrong and they suck and what's wrong with them. Yes. Not hating yourself is probably like the only bit of advice. The only if you can crack that, that everything else is golden. Everything else will come from there. What would be your best advice for how to be kind to yourself? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think when there's all sorts of things that you can do, you know, you can look at a picture of yourself from when you were young, and but I I do think of. thinking of you know would you talk to somebody that you loved you know a a family member a child in the in the way that you're talking to yourself um and and you know nine times out of ten of of course the answer to that is no um and it's just it's just catching it and I think as well it's it's understanding that it's not it's not like a one and done oh I'm going to decide to be nice to myself and then so from here on in it's all going to be roses and, and unicorns because you are going to be horrible to yourself. And it is just stopping that in its tracks and being just like, you know, one of the, one of the sort of phrases I use in my brain all the time is we don't do that anymore. And when you catch yourself having that, like, Oh, you're such a loser for doing that. It's like, no, we don't, we don't do that anymore. We don't talk to my, ourselves like that. Um, and I think sometimes the the worry there can be, oh, but what if I'm what if I end up being too nice to myself? What if I let myself off the hook? What if I cut myself too much slack? As if, as if, as if that could ever ever like, as if unconditional love could ever be a problem. Um, and that I think is you know, and I think it's a it's a type A thing. I think it's probably a bit. There's a big ADHD thing in there as well. Like I've just got to work harder than everyone else to get yeah. further um but but you know it's like you wouldn't ever treat a child like that you it's not how human like, beings thrive no human beings thrive there's so much research that supports mm. this human beings thrive off of unconditional love when they start to fall apart it's when there is unconditional love lacking mm. and it's and and you'll see it creeper in in when I've done the Facebook live I'll feel proud of myself when I've written the post when I've made the sale when I've hit my targets I'll feel proud of myself and when I hit the rank that's this whole podcast beyond the rank my program beyond the rank stealthy isn't it that actually it's like when you understand that no if you are kind and you love yourself now that is going to be the thing that gets you to hit the rank yeah it's 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 the you know meet yourself where you are love yourself who you are I was just posting about this in my stories about you know there was somebody had shared a post around you know basically choose your hard like you know you can you can do the meditation or you can have the like what the unsettled whatever it was all these examples of like hard things that we do 
and the, the fact that not doing them is equally hard and you choose your hard. And I absolutely endorse that. But when you, when you start it from a place where you're beating yourself up, it's like you have to love the you that doesn't meditate as much as the you that does. Yes. The you that is too scared to show up on social media, you have to love her as much as you love the one that can do it. And that feels sometimes it feels like a really radical, revolutionary thing to, to do. Like it, it, it feels like a sort of like kind of stealthily smashing the patriarchy thing to do of like what well, I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to unconditionally love the hot mess that I am now. What does that look up. like for you personally in your head to be able to do that? To, for me, it's um, loving myself when I am not overworking. That's my, like, that for me, my, my default is I'm only valuable when I'm being insanely overproductive. I can totally relate and identify with that 100%. I think a lot of listeners are going to identify with that. And I, and I go through times where, you know, obviously we know from um, life coach school, like, you know, doing things like Monday hour one, which I, I genuinely think is brilliant. And I go through periods of time where it really works for my brain and periods of time where it doesn't. And I will go into a week that's all just a bit floopy. Um, Explain though, have- when you are not overworking, how do you walk yourself through that unconditional love in that specific scenario? Um, it's Elvis. We hear him. <laughs> I was going to say, do Elvis, to- come here, honey. Come pull off Jessica's socks. We want to see. Oh my God. I think somebody must be coming to the door. Let me just shut the door. Sorry. No, we don't mind. Elvis, we love you, honey. You're so cute. <laughs> he's not. He's a fairy menace. Um, <laughs> I walk myself through that. Uh, definitely with, I, I don't do, we don't do that anymore. Okay. Um, so number one, everybody write this down. Put this in the memory. When you're working on unconditional loving, you're unconditionally loving yourself in those moments where you're not doing it the way you think you should, like you're not exercising every day. What, what in the world is wrong with you? You're not producing the results. You're not holding your rank, whatever it is that you struggle to love yourself in. Number one tip, tell yourself, we don't do that anymore. We don't talk to ourselves that way anymore. We had a bit of a joke in my family, my husband, my husband and I, I think it started when he was like going to like go and eat some leftovers that were possibly like suspect in terms of like, should this really go in the trash? And I was like, why are you like, why, why are you eating that? Like, just throw it away. Like, do you hate yourself? <laughs> and, I, and it became this thing of like me going, do you hate, do you hate yourself? And it became a joke for me of like, when, you know, when you kind of, you're getting dressed in the morning and you're like, oh, shall I wear the kind of crappy workout gear with the holes in it? And I'm like, no, I don't hate myself. I'm going to wear the nice stuff. I'm going to wear the expensive stuff. I don't hate myself. And it started as a joke, but it actually became this conscious, conscious, intentional repetition of remembering like that, that my, my physical being, my presence, my, my kind of very self is important and it's important to me. And it's not just important in terms of what I do for other people and, you know, my role and, you know, my output and, you know, how I made breakfast and all that kind of stuff that actually just my existence on its own is enough um Beautiful. And so I think it has to become that kind of that sort of daily daily repetition 
And I, and then the other thing as well is that I'm learning to not freak out about um, the sort of ebb and flow because I know, and again, this this possibly may be an ADHD thing, but I know that there will be times when I will go really pedal to the metal, and I love it. Like I have to say, if I had a if I had a few days to myself where I didn't have to do any childcare or anything like you know, maybe I've done it where I've actually gone and taken myself away to a hotel. Mm-hmm. The idea of having like uninterrupted time to work yep. is heaven. Yes. Like I, like I love it. But equally, there will be some days when I'm just like, and actually, you know, yesterday I'm like the, the most thing I achieved. Well, it's funny. Do you know what? I told myself the thing I really achieved yesterday that was I just like I filed my nails. That was that was my big achievement. That's yes. what I told myself. And then I went, hang on a minute. You also did send this email. You you wrote this copy. You signed like and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, because I just I forget about those things. It's like we don't give ourselves permission to see what we're actually accomplishing because all we're seeing is what we didn't get done. Exactly. And so what I was starting to allow myself was this idea of um it's it's safe for me to have periods of time where I'm not doing loads of work because I know that I will have a corresponding time where I will absolutely be pedal to the metal and and that actually I need this. I need this time of actually, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, you know, just like do you know what I did yesterday? I got all the Christmas presents I bought out so far. And I was like, <gasps> have I got everything? I mean, yes, I that's what I'm, it's on my and list I, of things to do this, this week. This felt like this is, it's not work. I'm sure it's middle of the working day. It's not work, but it's, it's restful. Yes. And it's nice. And it was, a, and it was like, yeah, it's fine. That was because me yesterday. I, I, I sent 14 gifts in the mail because I had done like a, a prize giveaway thing on my team page. I got all those done. I would take the rest of the week off if I had that. Right? 14 gifts in the mail. I know. I took, I took, I watched a workshop and I took a nap in the middle of the day at three o'clock in the afternoon during my work time. And it was so energizing. Today I woke up and I was like, let's freaking go. I needed that. And I was beating myself up. I wasn't beating myself up for it, but I remember thinking specifically like, we should we should be doing more right now. It, you know, it's really hard as well when you are in the early stages of business to understand the difference between taking care of yourself and hiding. Yeah. Because sometimes there is that like, oh, I want to go and take a nap. And I'm, uh, but, but it's like, actually, it's because I'm, I'm, it's a form of buffering and it's like, I don't really want yes. to do this. I want to do and so their work there I think is to be kind to yourself about well okay well why don't you want to go and do the thing that you want to do and to and to be really um you know curious and compassionate about what's actually going on there and that I think is a real skill that you learn over time and it's super helpful if you have a coach go get coached on it you guys this is exactly that yes you know a thousand percent that to sort of start to understand your own rhythm, your own kind of like way of working. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, do you like your reasons? And, and I think that that's, a, you know, and that, that is absolutely something that a, co- a coach can help you work on of just like, where am I checking out because I'm a bit overwhelmed and I'm a bit scared? Or where am I just saying, you know what, I'm, I actually need to take this time for me. Um, and that can be hard to navigate in the early days to understand what that feels like. Um, and you'll get it wrong sometimes. You'll be like, you know what? I probably should have worked yesterday. 
but I didn't. And so now moving forward, what's, what, you know, what do I want to do differently? So good. Um, just, just don't beat yourself up. So good. Okay, Jessica, where can we find you? Tell them Instagram, your website, tell us North, everything. North London, just come and ask for me in London. I'll be Fine. right there. Um, uh, no, so come and find me on Instagram, Jessica Killingly, which you did say beautifully. Very few uh, people do. No problem. Um, Spell it out. And, like, yeah, if you want to write a book, sure, come and find me. Um, come and find um, her anyway. She has so yeah. much value to add to your life. Go follow I her have right a good away. Podcast, but it is definitely one that you might need to have earphones in if you have small children around. I, I do, I do get a lot of messages going. What? Personally, I think there's nothing funnier than small children swearing. Um, and when people say to me, oh, like my, my kid said his first swear word after watching one, I'm just like, I think that's great. Sorry. That is just me. I know that's just a- <laughs> This is Jessica, everybody. So you can go find her at Jessica. And then the way she spells her last name is K-I-L-L-I-N-G-L-E-Y. Killing, Killing. Lee, but L-E-Y. So. Uh, so yeah, come and say hi on Instagram. Um, and I don't just talk about books because um, obviously, like I coach and I, I, I coach on on lots of things as well. Um, but you know, uh, I'm a complete market, absolute complete marketing nerd. Twenty five years of um, of you know getting getting things in. So it's interesting with books as well, getting things into people's hands. If there is that like, oh, but you know, do, do people really want to read this? And it's like you're just telling somebody about something that's of interest to them and I think when you think of it in those terms that it's never it's not you know good sales and marketing it's not sleazy it's not you know all of those things it's just having a conversation about the invitation to have a conversation with someone about something that they are interested in you provide so much value and every single network marketer and social seller that is listening to this podcast right now better go follow you because those are the skills and traits and techniques that we all, me included, constantly need to be improving within ourselves. So thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing You're with us. You're very welcome. All thank you for wisdom. having me. Oh, I sure love you. And everybody, we will see you next week right here on the podcast again. Bye now. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10x level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.